Well, good morning, everybody. And welcome to Experience Life Church today. Well, this is a bright, sunny day right here in Dallas. It Isn't is. It beautiful? It's good to see the sun. Oh, it is. And we're alive to see it. Oh, yes. And it's, it's good to be alive. <laughs> anyway, we're here to lift up the name of Jesus, to speak of his goodness, his glory, his love. We're going to spend some time in worship. You that are here in the service today, I pray that you'll just open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit just to just flow from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. We're here to magnify the King of Kings. In prayer this morning, I was using the scripture where Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So our purpose today is to lift up the name of Jesus, bring encouragement, hope, help, and healing through God's word to every one of you. Well, you know, a word of encouragement, you know how your memories come up on Facebook? Well, my memory today came up, let your faith be bigger than your fear. Wow. And, you know, it, we've all got fears that we have to faith, face, but if we let our faith face it, we can get through it. And uh, I think it was uh, Friday, I was listening to uh, Kenneth Copeland at his... Uh, one of his conventions and he was our uh, no it wasn't it was flashpoint we did the review and uh, brother copeland said he'll never forget what john osteen said and he said i realized god knows more than i know amen and with all that's going on in the world we try in our minds to figure out what's going to happen yep. but yep. god knows already what's going to happen amen. and take place amen Let's just stand on our feet and let's welcome him in the service through prayer today. And then as we worship, I want us to just open our hearts and believe God for something good to happen in your heart and in your life. Father, again, we come into your throne room and we come with boldness and confidence as you've instructed us through your word to do. You said, let us therefore come with boldness that we may obtain mercy, favor, and grace in the time of need. Certainly it's a time of need today, Father, for you to move in our hearts and our lives. And so we welcome you into our hearts, into our lives. And as we worship, as we speak the words of life today, we believe they will bring health, healing, and encouragement to all who are a part of this service today. Thank you for our worship time. We're expecting a Holy Ghost outpouring today. In Jesus' mighty name. Now everybody give him a praise, would you? Come on, let's praise the Lord. Lord you're welcome into this holy place. Lord, you're welcome into this house. Oh 
majestic is your name Lord say his name Jesus say it again Jesus say it again Jesus there's just something about that name kings and kingdoms will all pass away but our God remains amen oh we give you glory Lord Majesty, Majesty, 
Lord, your grace has found me just as I am. Empty-handed but alive in your hands. Sing that again. Majesty. Majesty. Lord, your grace has found me just as I am. Empty-handed but alive in your hands. We're singing majesty. Majesty forever. Forever I'm changed by your love. In the presence of your majesty. We're singing majesty. Your grace has found me just as I am, empty-handed but alive in your hands. We're singing majesty, majesty, forever I'm changed, forever I am changed by your love, in the presence of your majesty. Grace has found me just as I am, empty-handed but alive in your hands. Hallelujah. Yes, yeah. 
Nothing like the presence of the Lord. Nothing like the presence of the Lord. Your presence, Lord. Oh, your presence, Lord. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Give them over to the Lord. says troubles vanish hearts are mended when we're in the presence of the king as I was down there just a moment ago worshiping the Lord I almost came up and uh, interrupted there for a moment and I thought well I'll just hold on and see if this is 
this is really inside. I want to make sure this is not just some emotion I'm feeling, but the Lord just spoke to me and said, someone's having a hard time worshiping today. Someone's having a hard time and you just don't feel like praising the Lord. Well, we've all been places we didn't feel like praising the Lord. But, you know, when you're in the presence of the Lord, troubles vanish and your hearts are mended. So I'm going to ask them if they'll lead us one more time in this song. And whoever you are that's having a hard time, just go ahead and do it anyway. Just worship God anyway and let Him have His way and let your trouble vanish today or if it's a mended heart you need or if you need a touch from God in some other way, let Him do it right now. One more time. it often there's nothing like being in the presence of God there's so many things in this world we've all encountered and gotten to do but I believe we would all I can't say for you but for me we've all been 
in the presence of God, and that's, well, when we have been in the presence of God, that's the greatest place to be. Father, we thank you again for this service. Thank you for the people that are here, the people that are with us online, those that will watch at a later time. Let your presence, your peace, your goodness, your glory flow upon each one. Right now, touch every heart. Let the troubles vanish. Mend that broken heart. And I pray, Lord, this will be a day that your peace will flow through everyone today. Thank you for your anointing and your presence. Amen. Turn around, look at someone, smile at them, say, you're sure looking good today. Amen. Amen. Wow. What a time in praise and worship that was. Amen. That's one thing that I look forward to when I come to Experience Life Church is I know that I praise and worship. I know that it's going to be good. And I just look forward to just coming and resting, forgetting about responsibilities and just saying, Lord, I love you. And we magnify your name. We, we were singing majesty a few minutes ago. I just think, thinking about what a God we serve. What a good God we serve. And you know, when we don't see our prayers answered, there's a reason. There's always a reason when we don't see our prayers answered. So it's no need to get mad at God and say, God, you don't care about me. God cares about us. But sometimes, sometimes we need to just walk things out and wait on the Lord. Maybe it's not time for what we're asking. Maybe it's not His will. So we need to just be steadfast and unmovable. Amen. So we just welcome the presence of God here today. And Lord, this prayer request that was handed to me earlier about Rudy's brother. God, I just pray that healing, supernatural healing, will take place in his life right now. Let supernatural healing take place in Rudy's body, Rudy's brother's body. And I pray, Lord, for each person watching that needs healing, that needs a touch, that needs anything from you, God, you'll grant it right now. Amen and amen. You know, um, when I come to church, I like to come with an open mind and an open heart, whether it's at our church or whether I go to be with someone. And you know, recently we had a, a friend in town that had a four-night meeting, and I attended three, three of the four nights, and then I attended a couple of the morning meetings. And when I went to those meetings, I went with an open mind and an open heart. And you know, God just spoke to me some things through the minister, through that minister as he was speaking and ministering. And I believe that's the way it should be wherever we go. Someone 
talked to me not long ago where in their church they was having some, I, I, I guess an easy way to put it, some confusion. And they said, do you think I ought to go to church? And I said, only if you can go with an open mind. If you go with your mind made up that you're not going to like something, then you might as well stay at home. But if you go with an open mind, that's when God can minister to you. And you know, that's the same way about giving. It's the same way about our tithing. You know, some hearts are closed to that and they think it's not important. But you know, I, I'm not responsible for anybody else but myself. And you know, my wife and I are tithers and givers. And I talk to you about that. And I encourage you to do that. Not because I want you to give into our ministry, but I, I think it's important that people understand, it, understand that giving is the nature of God. Giving is what the Father did by his, giving His Son and what Jesus did by giving His life. And if we love Him and are grateful for what He did, then we should want to do the same. Not give our life, that's not required of us. But give back substance that God has blessed us with. You know, the scripture says in Proverbs, it says to bless Him with your substance or give back of your substance. And so we can go through the whole Bible and we can see where in the Old Testament, you know, they gave sacrifice. And even Abraham, goodness. Sometimes I read the story of Abraham and Isaac. And, and I, I begin to read that where God told Abraham to take Isaac and put him on the altar. Now he didn't tell him when he told him that, that you don't have to kill him. He didn't tell him that. But Abraham believed what God had spoken to him before that his seed would be multiplied over and over again. And Isaac was his seed. So when they came to the place of sacrifice and his servants was with him and helping him, and he said, you guys stay right here. The lad and I will be back. We're going to worship. Well, he didn't have to put his son. He did put him on the altar, but he didn't have to take his life. Now, God wouldn't require that of us today, but God was saying to Abraham, you give your son. And right then and there, God said, man loves me enough to give his son. God said, I love you well enough to give my son to redeem all humanity. Well, what a thought. What a thought. So this, when I read these stories in the Bible, it makes me want to give more and you know when God blesses us it's good that he he blesses us to have a nice car a nice home good food to eat and all the things that we do but he didn't just bless us to give us things he blesses us to bless the kingdom because how can the kingdom and the message of the of the gospel be preached unless the believers share with what they have back to the Lord. We appreciate all of you online, you that do. I know uh, you that 
uh, are online and you want to be a part of today's service by giving, there's how you can do that. Just go to our website, eoglobal.church, and there's a place there you can click on the give. Very easy to do. Thank you for the ones that do support and those that do help and you here in the church. Thank you. So if they'll bring the containers here, you that want to bring your tithe and your offerings this morning, feel free to bring them right now. And as you bring your tithe and your offerings to the Lord and the people that's viewing, whether you do it right now or you do it later, make sure you participate so that you can show your love, admirations, and honor to the Lord. Did you know we're honoring the Lord when we give back tithe and offerings to Him? We're honoring Him. And that's my heart's desire is always to honor the Lord. Well, let's just give Jesus a great big thanksgiving offering of praise. Come on, everybody. Let's just magnify His name. Amen and amen. Well, I'm just excited today and looking forward to something good happening in your life. I want to talk to you a few minutes today about what are you thinking? You know, uh, that's an interesting subject, and maybe if I went and talked to some people, I would not want to know what they were thinking. But at the same time, I'm asking the question not for an answer, but to get your attention. Last week, I spoke about attention and, and who has your attention. Well, this is similar because... What we think on determines so many things in our life. And on your way to church today, what was your, what was your thinking? You that are home and you're there watching online, what was your thinking before you turned us on or you, you happened to come by and, and just happened to see us on and, and stop? And What was your thinking this morning? Were you thinking good thoughts? Were you thinking praise thoughts? Or were you thinking something that was not nice? I don't know what you were thinking, but I was, I'm asking you, what have you been thinking today? Well, you know, I, I got up early this morning and went to my, my office, and that's where I pray now. You know, for years I prayed in the closet and uh, kept it dark in the closet and prayed in the closet for many, many years. And, Oh, one day I just decided I, I wanted to change my environment, and I pray in my, my office now. But um, when I'm there, you know, I, I, I just have a prayer list, and, and this morning I, I, I saw all the scriptures I have written down, and as I looked at those scriptures, I was just praying in the Holy Spirit. I couldn't pray in, in my regular tongue, my English language, and then I went down and I saw all the names. And then there was a few that I, I, I stopped and called. And then there was one in particular that God just, just stopped. And, and it was a lady. And God said, they, they need me today. They just really need me today. And I began to intercede for this person. So my thinking was about you today. My thinking was about saying words, worshiping God, and, and being a part of something that would cause you not just to feel better, but for your faith to become stronger in the Lord. Now, I, I'm going to ask you, what do you spend most of your time thinking about? Now, now think about what I'm going to say now. 
who and what do you give a lot of space to in your thinking? You know, we, we have thousands and thousands of thoughts a day, many thousands of thoughts that come and go. Some are important, some are not. But what do you take, let take up most of the space in your mind? And then whatever you think on most, that's what you act on. I want to say that again. Whatever you think on most is what you act on. And notice what Proverbs 3.27 says. Proverbs 3.27 says, As a man or woman thinks in his or her heart, so is he. So you become what you think. You become what you think. You know, sometimes you hear the statement, uh, you become what you eat. Well, <laughs> you become what you think. So it's important that we manage our thoughts, that we become a, a real good uh, thinker in the area of what, or, or we, be, we come to the place, I really want to master how I let my thoughts go. Are you a mature Christian who's growing and becoming more like Jesus every day in your thinking process? Are you reading and meditating in the Word of God daily to improve the way you think? You know, I was, I was reading Isaiah 55 this morning. Now, I hadn't got to my text yet, and this is not my text. But as I was reading in Isaiah 55, God says, My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are greater than your ways. So I immediately, when I read that, I said, God, I want my thoughts to be more like you. I want my ways to be more like you. Are you just satisfied with the carnal living and, and saying, you know, I, I hear pastors and ministers preach, but I'm not really interested in going any further than I am. I'm really content, and if I get into heaven, I'll be okay. I'm not really interested in, in all of that stuff of reading the Bible and spending time in prayer, tithing and giving. I just want some insurance so that, if I, so that when I die, I'll go to heaven. Well, I wouldn't be too sure of that. I wouldn't trust it too much if you don't do some of the things that God would like for you to do. You know, if, 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 when I married Sharon, if, if she said, all I want is just a husband. I don't, I don't care about anything else. All I want is just a husband, somebody that will help provide a roof over my head and give me a bed to sleep in. And I don't want nothing to do with you. I, I just want to make sure that you give me a place and when I die, you put me in the grave, you know, uh, which we never know who goes first. But anyway, what, would, what kind of life would that be if, if I just didn't, she didn't participate in anything after the wedding vows. No, it's not that way. She, she loves me. I know she loves me. She's proved to me she loved me. I love her. We communicate. We share. Uh, you know, even though I kid a lot of times and say what's mine is hers and what's hers is hers, uh, it, it, sometimes I kid that way. But, you know, really what is hers is mine. And, and you know, she's the kind of woman that 
I, you know, I start to do something, and she thinks I can't do it good enough, so she's going to do it for me. You know, um, she's just going to be right there. She's going to be right there helping one way or the other. And uh, just like I, I forgot my iPad t this morning and left it on the, the, the counter at home. Well, when I got to the church, I said, oh, I forgot my iPad. Well, I could have gone back and gotten it myself, but she said, I'll go get it. You see, that's, that's, what, that's what we do when we love each other. We help each other. So when God does something for us, when God gives us eternal life, when God gives us salvation, do we not want to be grateful back and say, God, I want to give you praise. I want to learn more about you. I want to learn how to think better. Now, we've all, no doubt, heard the scripture and read the scripture many times, but it doesn't matter to me if you've heard it and read it and even have it memorized. I've, I have it memorized in the King James, and <clears throat> but I'm reading out of the New King James this morning. And this is Philippians 4 and 8. I love this scripture because it's one scripture that I believe that if we only had one out of the Bible, this one would direct us in many good ways. It would, it would show us a lot if we just had this one scripture. And he said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, and if there be any virtue, if there be any praise worthy, meditate or think on these things. And then Paul went on to say in verse 9, he said this, the things which you have learned and received heard and saw in me these things do and the God of peace will be with you. Now Paul even said the things you've learned from me and the things you have seen me do and you have heard me speak about do that. Well you know are you the kind of person in your thinking that you could say that to your spouse, your child, your friends, your loved ones, the things that I do, I want you to do them. The things you've heard me say, I want you to say it. You know, some Christians, as I said, now again, I'm not picking on anybody or don't want to get sidetracked here, but you know, some Christians, their language sometimes, when I hear their language, I'm talking about uh, people that speak in tongues and, you know, supposedly have an extra endowment of, of God's power and love. I hear them sometimes using language that's not, I don't read those words in the Bible. They were made up. They were made up by evil thinking because the words that they speak don't have good meanings to them. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes when I see this now, I don't start judging those people. I just say, I don't want to hear that. You know, just like my wife and I will we'll sometimes be looking for a movie or something and all at once we hear words that's not good. And so we turn the movie off. I don't sit there and say, oh, well, it's just got language in it, but the story's good. You know, some people say, well, that movie's good. It's just got language in it. Well, what kind of language is it? Is that language edifying? Is that language good? Now, I want to read this verse of Scripture to you 
in Philippians 4 and 8 in the Passion Bible. And then look at him. He said, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic, authentic and real, honorable. Keep your thoughts on things that are authentic and real and honorable, admirable, beautiful, and here's the next one, respectful. Wow. Keep your thoughts on things that's respectful, pure and holy, merciful. Huh. Merciful. Some people, you know, they don't have much mercy. But that's one thing God's helped me to have is, is mercy on people. And I get myself in trouble sometimes for, for, for the mercy I've had. Many times, you know, many times I've wanted to take somebody in and do this and how. And my wife will look at me and she said, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Said, well, you know, we'll just help them for a little while. And, you know, a little while sometimes becomes a long while. And uh, I, I remember once when a little boy, you know, he, he was five years old. And, and I just felt so bad for him. Uh, um, you know, he didn't have, have a place. And so we took him in for a whole year. Well, after the year was up, it was it was hard to give him up, but we had to give him back. Well, I just, I just felt I want to do something good. Well, the Bible says beautiful, respectful, pure, and holy, merciful, kind. And, and, and you know, when a minister or someone falls, you know, some people are so quick to judge, you know, and, and, and it hurts when they do. Does it not? I mean, it hurts when we see ministers fall. But some people just judge and they just think bad. And, 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 you know, more is expected out of us as leaders. Amen? Amen? Now, I know I'm kind of breaking away from my thought pattern here, but what people think is what they do. Amen? So when ministers fall and get in trouble, they've been thinking wrong. But instead of being judgmental, I try to be merciful, kind, then he says, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Amen. Praising him always. Then verse 9, put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me and seen in my life, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. He said, when you think on the right things, he said, the God of peace will be with you in every trial, every situation that you have. See, he said, think about the things that will make you a better person or your thinking process will be fruitful. Well, it will cause your life to be fruitful. You know, when you think about right things, you won't be tempted with wrong things. Ooh. Now I'm going to come back to this thought if I get time later. But when you think about right things, you won't be tempted with wrong things. When we separate ourselves from the world, when we separate ourselves from the world, then we are uncommon to the things of the world. If you think on the things of this world, then you become common with the world 
and you will be tempted to do the things of the world. Now that, that was some powerful statements that I just made to you. When you think about godly things, you are uncommon with the world and you won't be tempted by worldly things. But when you become common with the world, you're uncommon to godly things and then you begin to lean your direction towards the things of the world. You become common. See, when you become uncommon with the things of the world, that's when you're giving your thinking and your attention to God. When you're focusing on God, this allows you to excess His power, His anointing in your life. I want to say it again. When you're thinking on the right thoughts, you're opening the door for God to have access to work through you. You have God's word inside of you giving you access to speak life, to speak power, to speak to the demon powers and forces that come around you. When you think on the right thing, you have access to God's goodness and his ability. And what God is saying to us Will you separate yourself for me? You know, when, when again, I, I refer to our marriage. You know, when, when I said to Sharon, uh, uh, when the preacher asked me, will you love her? Will you be faithful to her? Will you, uh, uh, whatever we say when we do that. I said, I will. I will. Well, you know, this, this, uh, the end of this month will be 60 years. 60 years, the end of this month. I've already known her for 60 years, but our marriage uh, vows that we took will be 60 years, two weeks, uh, in about two weeks, uh, March the 31st. Well, I made a vow to be faithful to her and to her only, and God has helped me to keep that vow. I didn't want someone else. How is it any different with God? How is it any different with God? God, if we're faithful to Him, when you are focusing on God, as I said, this allows you to access His ability. So what God is saying to us, if you'll separate yourself to me and give me your thoughts and your attention, that way He can give us His best. God will give you his best. What you focus your attention on is what you're sensitive to. Everybody say, what I focus on is what I'm sensitive to. See, if you focus your attention on all the bad news that's going on in the world right now, you're going to be and all the problems that they talk about, then you're going to be confused, you're going to be hurt, you're going to be messed up, and then you're going to be sensitive. All you want to do is find out what they're going to say next. I'm not interested in what they're going to say next because I already found out they don't tell the truth. Thank you. I won't stay there, there very long. I'll move on. Satan is after the attention of the believers. Why did he, the scriptures say he's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? Why don't you put the sign up? 
don't come here. You're not welcome here. My thoughts are fixed on the Lord. See, Satan already has the unsaved people, but he wants to get your attention. And let me ask you again, where is your attention and what are you focused on today? What are you focused on today? If you determine to focus on God, will Satan come and try to get your attention? Of course. Just because you decided, I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to stay with this thing, man. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, no matter what people say, I'm going to stay focused on God. But, once you say that, all at once something will pop up. Somebody unexpected will say something. Uh-oh. Somebody will do something. Somebody will treat you wrong. Somebody will make a decision unexpectedly that will affect you in some way. Uh, you watch negative news. You have a financial situation or you get a bad report from the doctor and all at once... What happens? Maybe it's a relationship that you had no idea that things were going to happen. You know, someone was in our home the other day, and, and uh, uh, we love this person and have, and, and we've known them for a long time, and known them. We actually uh, dedicated their kids when they were born and watched them grow up, and one of them's married now, and, but, but the other one... Uh, was in her home, and, and he, as he was there when he was talking to me, he said, uh, when, when my wife told me she didn't love me anymore, he said, I was blindsided. I had no idea. I loved her so much. I just loved her so much. I, I was blindsided. I just didn't know what to do. It hurt me so badly. Well, that's what Satan does one way or the other. When you determine, I'm not saying somebody's going to come in and say, I don't love you anymore, but it could be a death. It could be all kinds of things that Satan uses to get your thought patterns away from what you determined you was going to keep them on. So when this happens, if you start dwelling on all of these things, then you're going to lose your focus on what you said you was going to focus on. See, I want to say this too. I really appreciate all the things that God has allowed me to do in many places and parts of the world. You know, I've been places and preached the gospel. I was sharing with, with someone the other day. I don't recall who it was. And they asked me, they said, what's one of the most memorable things that you've ever done in the ministry? And I said, well, when we took helicopters... I had this idea. I wanted to take helicopters. And I wanted to go into villages and places in third world countries where no Caucasian has ever been and nobody had ever been there preaching the gospel. And this wasn't an easy task to do. But when they asked me this, I said, this is one of my favorite things that I look back and remember. And I remember getting, we didn't just get in there and, see some villages and decide to drop down in there. We knew better than that. But we prepared and we planned and I sent people in ahead of time and planned the whole event. So when we came with our helicopters, they were ready for us and we got out. We had services and, and we got 
whole village is saved and born again. My, that was such an experience. I mean, when they saw us and looked at us and, and, and they'd never seen anybody like us and they didn't have running water, they didn't have electricity, so they had no television. And, and so we were their television when we came. You know, and I remember going into this little hut, had a dirt floor, and, 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 and the hut was not very large at all, maybe, maybe 10 foot across and maybe 12 foot the other way. That was the kitchen, the dining room, the living room, and the bedroom. And, of course, the bathroom was outside. It was a hole. So uh, uh, read in the rest. Um, anyway, uh, when I looked inside the hut of the tribal chief, I was invited in to the tribal chief's home, and their little baby had died. And it was a sad moment. I, I was heartbroken. But I was able to lead that tribal chief and his whole, whole village to the Lord. That was one of the greatest events of my life. And I appreciate that. But see, I don't live in that. I mean, it's a good memory. It's about the crusades. But you know what? I'm not living in what I have done. I'm living in today and looking forward to what God has for us together to do. And I believe it's going to be different. I don't believe it's going to be the same. I'm not going to go in. I don't plan to go in and do crusades anymore. I feel like that portion of my life is over. I'm going to do much of it from right here broadcasting through the Internet. Amen? Amen. So I don't have to sit on the airplanes 12 and 14 hours. That's not to say I won't go and do a trip or do something in the ministry. That's not to say I won't do that. But my, my thought pattern now is not about what I have done, but I'm looking forward and I make plans every day to, to do this. You know, I study through the week whether I have to preach or not. Sometimes when I don't preach, it's good. Uh, I get to rest and listen to somebody else, but that very rarely happens. But anyway, I don't just sit around and study just to preach. I study because I want to know more about God, and I want my thinkings to be in the right place. I pray. I seek God. Why? Because I love God, not because I have to preach. Is somebody here? Yes. Now, let me move to another subject here and kind of change our thought patterns. You know, about our bodies and our health. And sometimes Satan's always trying to, to get us to, to think about the wrong things. See, I have a sister. She's older than I. Uh, she's precious. She's precious. She loved me so much. I remember when I was in the ministry and I, I was young and so poor. I, I, I didn't have anything either. You know, I was still at home, but my parents couldn't buy me a car. I didn't have money to buy me a car, but my sister bought me an old junker, 1955 Dodge. I'll never forget it. 53 Dodge is the maroon one, you know, but I'll never forget. She loved me enough. She bought me that old car, and it did me for a long time. I remember that old car. I remember going to meetings in that car. I'd drive it to Mississippi. I'd drive it to Florida. I'd drive it to different places. She was so good. And then she supported our ministry for a long time. And I'm grateful. But now today, she's in her latter 80s. And she's in a nursing home. And she doesn't even know me. 
been a while since I've been there to visit her. She's in Alabama, but she doesn't know me. It's sad when I think about that, that she doesn't know me. You say, well, why, why are you bringing that up? Because, uh, because I'm not saying, well, my sister has this situation, and I'm in the same bloodline, and I'm not even going to say what, you know, what I'm thinking about here, but I'm not going there. That's not what's going to happen to me. You say, well, and, and as I said, I'm not saying anything negative about my beautiful, wonderful, precious sister. But I'm not thinking, that's my next step. <laughs> you know, so I was with someone not long ago. We were walking down the road, and there was a funeral home there. And as we walked by, they said, that's my next place. <laughs> I thought, well, my goodness, what a thought. I, I walked by the funeral home. I didn't even think about it as being my next stop. See, what do we think sometimes? What are we thinking? I'm asking you. What do you let your thoughts go to? Yeah, looks there. That's my next stop. I thought, hmm, I don't know if I want to walk with you or not. Now, let me go on a little bit further. You know, my mother... My mother and one of my older brothers died with congestive heart failure. With congestive heart failure. My dad at 82 had a quadruple bypass at 82. So that means he lived quite a long time. Much longer. Well, he, he, at his, when he had his quadruple bypass, that was a few years after my mother had passed on. My oldest sister had a uh, uh, quadruple bypass. My other sister, older sister, had a bypass. My younger brother has stents in his arteries. 16 years ago, I had two stents put in one of my arteries. Now, every time I get a pain, <clears throat> every time I get tied in the chest, I don't start saying, oh God, oh God, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, here I come. Elizabeth, here I come. That's a big one. It's a big one. Elizabeth, this is it. No, no, no. I don't think about, uh, what was that show? Re uh, Sanford and Son. I don't, I don't start saying, oh, Elizabeth, share, share, share. Uh, mama, mama, here I come. Mama, here I come. Daddy, here I come. No, no, no. Uh-uh. I just say, that's a pain or that's congestion or, or uh, 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 not congestion, but... A heartburn, indigestion, or something like that. And normally, it goes right away. I don't, and you know, if I'm on the treadmill and I feel a little bit of pain in my arm, I don't say, "Oh Lord, I better get off! I better get off! I better get off! I'm, I'm having a heart failure." No, I just say, "I'm working my heart. I'm, I'm working my heart so I can live longer, so I can keep my pulse at a at a good pace." See, some people. Uh, open their hearts to bad health because they think about what other fam family members have had and say, well, it'll probably happen to me too. Well, I never say. <laughs> I never say that 
because I don't believe that. My DNA was changed when I got born again. I got God's DNA on the inside. You got God's DNA. Come on, somebody. Help me out this morning. Don't let me stand up here by myself and just preach to myself. Come on, somebody get happy. Just because things happen to other people, it doesn't happen to you. Somebody said to me the other day on the phone, well, they got COVID. I guess the whole family's going to get it now. I guess that I, I was around them. I guess I'm going to get it again too. Oh, shut up. I got better things to talk about and think about than I, because somebody else got uh, uh, COVID that I'm going to get it too. I don't think that way. No, I don't have time to think about what somebody got, I'm going to get. I'm going to think about what God's got. That's what I'm going to get. I'm going to think about the blood of Jesus that was shed for me. I'm going to think about the stripes that was placed on his back. That's what... Holy Ghost, you're showing up today. That's what I'm going to think about. I think about 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his stripes, by his wounds are you healed. So when all these things begin to happen and they happen around me, instead of me thinking, oh Lord, that could happen. Uh-uh. I don't think that could happen to me. Uh-uh. What can happen to me is I can be healed. I am healed. I was healed by the stripes that was. Come on again, somebody. 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 Help me out. You in, you watching me on the internet, shout out or write something in and say, I believe it, Pastor John. Whew. Amen. Amen. <laughs> if the doctor tells you something bad about your health right then and right there take control of your thoughts and think about 1 Peter 2.24 now let me move just a little further I've been talking and hitting on some things in our thinking but let me just talk to you a minute or two about something I said earlier that I said I would come back to. I said you can't be tempted by anything you don't think about. I want to say it again. You can't be tempted by anything you don't think about. Maybe I should say that the third time. (laughs) I know you heard it, but I want you to get it. You can't be tempted with anything you don't think about. Everything you've ever been tempted about is proceeded by your thoughts. Amen? You know, some of you have heard me mention this before. A friend of mine was counseling a, a gentleman in his church, and he said, I have lust really bad. I really need your help. I just get tempted with lust. And he said, well, well, when do you experience this most? 
He said, when I'm in a topless bar. <laughs> As one preacher says, how dumb can you get and still breathe, you know? Uh, see, see, again, you, you're never going to be, you, you know, I, I, I could go so many places with this right now, but that's not my intent today. But you, you, you take someone that's, that's born normal and natural and grow up and all at once they hear something on the news or think and then all at once they think they weren't born to be in this body, that it's to be in another. So they start thinking on that and thinking on that and thinking on that and thinking on that till all at once they start getting tempted to become that type of a person is because they let their thoughts. Some people say, no, I, I, I was born to be that way. No, you were born the way you are. Yes. Amen? Amen? So how important is it to think right? And when I ask you the question, what are you thinking about? Let's turn this around another way. Anything that you are doing right, your thinking is right. As I said, let me turn it a different direction. The things that you are doing right, it's because you're thinking right. So, so again, when I asked you, in my opening statements, how much space or what space of your mind are you given to thinking and maybe is it wrong thinking or bad thinking? Because what you let fill up that space with thoughts, as I said, it's what you take action on. See, be controlled. Be in control of what you allow yourself to think. Because if you think about wrong things long enough, it'll create an opportunity for you to walk through that door. Whatever you think on most. You know, when, when someone is unfaithful in a marriage, it doesn't happen just because something presents itself. It's had to be thought of before. And when it's thought of before, an opportunity it's created for that person to step in. Just like, you know, I'm fortunate and blessed. I've never been addicted to, to anything. Drugs, alcohol, you know, back when I was a kid, I, <laughs> I, tried, I tried different things. Uh, back then, I don't think marijuana was out. If it was, I didn't know about it, and thank God I didn't, because I'd have tried it. You know, I tried, I, you know, I tried all kinds of things. I, try, I remember trying cigarettes and thought that I liked them, and it just tasted terrible to me. And when I inhaled, it just said, <coughs> you know, I thought, why do people do this? But, you know, you think about it. And so addiction's the same way, whatever that addiction could be. I mean, there's so many different addictions, you know, just like phobias, you know, phobias, fears. It's what people think on that causes them to go that direction. But again, I'm not putting myself up with pride when I say I've never been, because I have, I have compassion with people that are addicted. 
I don't want them to go that direction. I don't want anybody to be living under and controlled by an addiction. Because when you're living under and controlled by an addiction, you can't enjoy everything God has for you. You can't step in to the call fully that God has for you because you're giving part of your attention to the addiction. And so as long as the addiction is there, you're opening the door of opportunity for it to get worse. So let me just say to you, what does the person that's addicted think about most? Their next fix, their next drink, their next whatever they're addicted to. They're thinking about all of that. You say, well, once you get addicted, you can't change your thinking. God can deliver. God can deliver, and he will deliver, and then encircle yourself with the right people to be accountable to. You know, there's not a lot of people you can trust in the body of Christ. That's sad to say because they got such big mouths. Somebody said that's right back there. You know, that, you know, people with big mouths is just as bad as the people with addictions. You, get on, you know, if you get on the air and start talking about somebody that's fallen, you're no better, you're no better than the person that has fallen. Thank you. For that big amen. amen. Why would I want to get on Facebook and exemplify someone's failure? Even if they're a minister. And talk about it. They might have gotten delivered by the time you're writing that down. And then you're spreading some gossip about somebody you don't have any business talking about. So you're not any better than the person then you're criticizing and judging. Well, thank you. I said it anyway. And that is right. Whoever said that, it is good preaching. Come on, Don. Preach it, boy. Preach it, boy. See, what you think is what you talk about. So you're thinking about that preacher that had failure. So... You're thinking about them, but you're just as bad as they are because you're putting them down. No, I'm not. I don't do that. Well, you are talking about him or her that did it, so what good is that for you? What is your thinking? You're thinking about, you're thinking about the person's failure instead of going to God and saying, God, help this woman, help this man, open their eyes, help them to put themselves in the right environment. God send labors to them so that they don't continue to stay in this failure, that they can see that they're loved by you even though they know they are. Help people to love them instead of criticizing them. I'm not saying condone anything. I didn't say that. I just said, don't be criticizing people for something that you've not been tempted with because you didn't think about. See, if you thought about what they did, you might have done worse than what they did. Is anybody with me today? Hmm. Amen. I could really spend a lot of time talking about the different temptations that people have if they think wrong things long enough. 
But I'm going to make a statement here, and I don't have it outlined for you to put on the screen, but I want you to remember it, and if you can, write it down. Remember, what consumes your mind controls your life. What consumes your mind controls your life. And here's proof of that. James 1, 14. James 1, 14. Temptation is the pull of man's own evil thoughts and wishes. Once again, James 14. Temptation is the pull. Everything I've just said today about temptation, here is the proof of what I've said is scriptural. Temptation is the pull of man's evil thoughts and wishes or desires. There it is right there in the Word of God. When you're tempted with anything, it's because you've been thinking about it. It's because you've been thinking about it. Now let me move to one more point and then I'm going to bring this to a close. David, if you want to come up here and help me. And this next point I just want to mention, it's about forgiveness. Some people say, I just can't forgive them. I've heard numbers of people say, hell will freeze over before I'll forgive them. Well, a person that says that, a person that says that is going to live in misery and torture and torment because the other person is controlling their thinking. When you don't forgive someone, it's because you've been thinking about what they did. Now, it may be hard not to think about the wrong they caused you. You know, I've mentioned a number of times when a person has been abused or violated that must be very difficult not to think about what someone did to you and hurt you so bad. I, I, I can't even go there because I've never been there. And so I would in no way say anything but to have compassion for that person that's been violated and hurt and wrong. But if, if you start thinking and what Jesus, how he was betrayed by one of his own, by one of Jesus' own disciples. 30 pieces of silver. He betrayed Jesus. If you start thinking about, I'm not the only one that's been betrayed, I'm not the only one that's been violated. Peter, I mean, uh, Judas walked up when the people he had betrayed Jesus to. And his sign of the person to let them know who Jesus was, he kissed him. Jesus could have harmed him and hurt him, but he didn't. Then he was beaten, then crucified. And while he was on the cross, 
if you think about what Jesus did. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they have done. See, if you think about what Jesus went through for you to give you the power to forgive. You know, I've watched husbands and wives separate and divorce and I've watched the hate, the, the thoughts of wanting to get even and all of these things. Sometimes these are thoughts that come in your brain that you can't help. As I said, when you decide to think good, Satan's going to bring something to try and distract your thought pattern. But that's where you have to take control. Bring your thoughts, not into getting even, but to getting yourself healed. If people could think about, I want something bad to happen to them. I want something, you know, think about, I want my heart right with God so good can happen to me. And, and let me say this. Forgiving someone doesn't mean you want them back in your life. I know there's many people in my life that I've forgiven and I don't want them back in my life not because I'm angry at them. I don't trust them. See, forgiving doesn't mean you have to trust them again. It depends on the situation. If you're going to take somebody back into your life, then that person has to earn your trust. You can really forgive them, but they have to earn your trust if you're going to take them back into your life. And so there's a difference there of what I'm saying. But some people, they don't belong in your life and don't need to be in your life, and you need to just let them go. But don't be angry and harming, wanting harm to come to them and not forgiving them. It means you don't want to carry around the pain any longer. It means, I want to say it again, you don't want to carry around the pain that you've been carrying around any longer. Mistakes are made. Feelings are hurt. We have no do-overs. Everybody say, I have no do-overs. When you forgive someone, listen to what I'm about to say, you take away their power to hurt you again. When you forgive someone, you take away their power to hurt you any longer. You're no longer a prisoner to the pain or hurt they caused you. Let it go and be free. Forgive. Forgive. But as long as you think on what they did, you can't forgive. I don't forgive people because I'm weak. I forgive them because I'm strong enough to know that people make mistakes and they do wrong. There's a difference in a mistake and blatantly doing wrong. But people do make mistakes. And then there are those that do wrong. And many times mistakes are wrong. Until we forgive, we're the prisoner of the person who has offended us. Let it go before it consumes you. Forgive those who assault you, attack you, belittle you, and take you for granted. More than this, forgive yourself for allowing them to damage you. I'm going to close here. 
And as I close, I'd like for every one of you again, you know, I bet you've just been really enjoying the fact that as we close our services here, people come up to the front and worship with me. I'd like for you to get out of your seat and come up here and stand. And I want us to just take a moment and I want us to just worship the Lord. If you need to push the chairs back a little bit, push them back because I think sometimes when, you know, we've been in social distance in so long. We've been what they call social distancing which means separating ourselves and afraid to stand close to somebody, afraid you might get something or you might give them something. I don't want you here this morning afraid to be close. Come on, there's a spot right there. There's a spot up close. Come on up. See, I don't want to be close. I want to be in the back. Why do we always want to be in the back? What if the little woman with an issue of blood wanted to be in the back? See, I don't always want to be on the front row when I visit somewhere. But if that's where I'm put, I just go ahead and sit there and let the blessings of the Lord flow over me and say, well, thank God I'm honored enough they wanted me to be on the front row. I know when our friend was in town, first thing they did was ushered us up to the front row. I'd preferred the second, but they put me on the front row. Well, I wasn't going to sit there and pout the whole time. So I didn't want to sit on the front row. No. I went to the front row, entered into worship, entered into the ministry time, and so I want us to just take a few minutes here. You that are home or wherever you're watching from right now, why don't you put your coffee aside or your donut? Whatever it is you got, I don't know. I don't know what time it is where you're watching. As you know, right now in the Philippines, it's, it's midnight now or later. And so in India, they're 10 and a half hours ahead. Australia, some places, they're 15 hours and 15 minutes ahead. Some hours, 15 minutes and a half ahead. Some places, 15 minutes and 45 minutes ahead. And then sometimes 16 hours. In Australia, time moves in 15-minute increments, not an hour like ours. It totally moves in three hours. Our east coast is on eastern time, and we, our west coast is on Pacific time. It's the same in Australia, but ours changes by the hour. You can be riding down your road and all at once our electric clocks that's connected to the satellite, all at once they change over an hour, either ahead or behind. Well, when you're in Australia, they change when you go through a period and it's 15 minutes change. In India, it's sort of the same. So whether you're an hour and a half, two hours and a half, 15 hours and a half, it doesn't matter. Let's praise the Lord. Let's worship God. Let's just worship the Lord for a minute, would you? Like the woman with the issue of blood, we press in. Just press in right now. We pray.
sing. Come on, press in, everybody. Like the blind man waiting. Everybody, if you in, everybody, if you in, press in right now. Press in. Come on, come on, press in. Oh yeah. Right now. Oh, he came. He rescued me. Oh, yes. Suddenly. A touch from heaven. Oh, a touch. Somebody's getting a touch. Somebody is receiving a touch. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, oh, suddenly. There's a touch coming from somebody for somebody right now. Oh, yes. He rescued somebody right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One more time. Come on. Press in. Press in. Father, I pray over each one that's in this worship center today. Those that's part of the controls, whether the sound, the video, the words that are put on the screen, whatever. Whoever's in our audience in the world that's viewing by live stream or that is watching this at a later time. Let them press in today like the little woman with the issue of blood. I'm not going to sing it like the woman with the issue of blood. We press in we press in and suddenly a touch from heaven and he and he rescued he rescued me one more time like the woman with the issue oh, of we press it, we press it, like the blind man, he's waiting patiently, we press it. Yeah. 
broken heart you that may have an addiction you that has have a hard time forgiving someone you that's been worried over your health you that's got phobia and to you that your heart's not right with God this is your day to press in Whoever you are that's watching right now, you've never made Jesus, Jesus Lord of your life or you're away from him. I want you here in the congregation to repeat this. Dear Lord, I come to you. I surrender my heart, my will, my ways, my thinking to you today. Forgive me of all my wrong. Give me the strength to forgive others that has wronged me. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life today. And Father, to everyone that I've spoken to today, one of the areas that I've covered in this message, if they've been held captive by wrong thinking, Loose them and deliver them now. Deliver them now from wrong thinking. I just feel that's the way I'm to pray. Deliver them from a desire in their mind to yield to addictions. Whatever they may be. Deliver them now and set them free in their thinking. Those that struggle with giving, those that struggle with tithing, help them to understand, help them to know that I'm not trying to make them feel bad because they haven't and don't. I'm only trying to open their hearts to more of your blessings to flow through them. Because when we come more like you in our thinking and our actions and our deeds, you just start flowing through us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In Jesus' name, if God's speaking to you, obey Him and do whatever it is that you need to do. Whatever, anything that I've covered here today, do it in Jesus' name. David and Don, take us off the air. Let's just worship as we he leave the people me. at home.
Happened. Oh, I know that something right now is happening. 